Everybody, welcome to another edition of Free Thinking with Montel. And today, I'm so excited about the show that I'm about to present to you because on today's episode, I'm going to tackle an issue that a lot of you have heard about. It's a dangerous QAnon conspiracy theory that seems to have taken an alarming hold over millions of people across the country. Now, across social media, every single day, well-meaning people are being conned and amplifying QAnon messages without even knowing it in some cases. Last week in Oregon, a QAnon, QAnon followers were spread a false rumor that so-called Antifa activists were setting fires in Oregon causing an influx of 9-11 calls and diverting resources from the fire lines. QAnon has also become a source of dangerous coronavirus conspiracies, conspiracies that are putting people in danger on a daily basis. Joining me again today is my senior advisor, the president of Lucid Strategies, Mr. John Franks. John, welcome to this edition of Free Thinking with Montel. Thanks for being here, my friend. Great to have you. Great to be here again. Absolutely. Look, you know, you've done a lot of research on this topic in itself, and I know you just got back from Washington, D.C. in the last day, so we're going to talk about that. But I want to start off, explain to people out there who don't really quite grasp the idea or don't understand, what is QAnon? QAnon is a conspiracy theory that started, you know, has its roots pre-2016 in a conspiracy theory called Pizzagate, which held that um, based on stolen emails of Hillary Clinton's former campaign chairman, John Podesta, that based on the use of the words pizza, right, that these folks decided that Hillary Clinton and John Podesta were running a secret sex trafficking operation in the basement of a, of, of a popular pizza parlor in D.C., which actually, for me, was kind of personal. I had friends there that night, uh, the night that, that it happened. Um, and, you know, this was right outside my school bus stop growing up, right? But it ended up being fueled by these right-wing personalities so far that some gentleman from North Carolina felt compelled to drive to D.C., walked into that pizza parlor with an AR-15 like, uh, you know, long gun and shot up the ceiling looking for the sex trafficking ring in the ceiling panels. He um, shot the ceiling at a doorway, right? He shot at the door trying to enter. He shot a door. I think he shot in the ceiling too, but he, he, no one was hurt, right? But a lot of people that were in that room that day were traumatized, and he himself from prison has told reporters that, he, that he's embarrassed that he fell for this, that he feels stupid, and he, honest to God, believed when he walked into that pizza parlor that he was liberating children. And QAnon kind of got its roots in that. And it, it, the holding is that there's a secret cabal of, you know, Democrats and elitists that are, um, you know, running a global sex trafficking cabal. And, you know, it, it, it's, way, it's not only sex trafficking, but these people actually, they claim and think that this group of people are eating children. Right. Eating children to extract from their blood a specific chemical in the blood, they claim, that uh, relates to, you know, that would give one longevity. So, you know, it's a fountain of youth scheme wrapped in a blood libel, um, wrapped in, you know, sort of just um, basic sort of um, freak show conspiracy fodder. And it's, it has just spread like wildfire. People, honest to God, believe this. But there is an individual that started all this who I guess is named Q, right? Is that Q. Q. Well, he identifies as Q. It started on 4chan, you know, and we have no idea who Q is. People seem to think it's a variety of folks. I mean, we're not even sure if Q is an American, but 
the story goes, Q is a um, highly placed government official that is sort of helping Donald Trump fight this cabal of sex traffickers. And, and why would they be helping Donald Trump fight sex traffickers when Donald Trump has some issues of his own and, you know, kind of weird, you know, sexual deviant background? And that, I mean, they, they actually believe that the generals picked, or some generals picked Donald Trump, right, to fight this cabal, right? So the thing, the, the weird thing about Q is it means a lot of different things to a lot of people. It's wrapped in the 9-11 truthers. It's wrapped in um, people that believe in all manner of conspiracies, right? And it's, it, it's become particularly dangerous during COVID because it adapted for COVID. And, you know, they talk a lot about a deep state cabal at CDC. These people believe in UFOs. These people believe yeah. in the expansion of the JFK assassination. Mm-hmm. They believe that 9-11 was fake. Anything that's been a conspiracy in the last, let's say, 10 to 15 years, they believe is truth, and they mm-hmm. are spreading this out across the Internet. And so often, so many people are getting caught up in this. I mean, I, I am shocked. I can't even imagine by reading some of the materials, the materials that people would actually literally believe some of this mess. I mean, it boggles my mind, but I think what you have to understand, right, is this, this like everything, part of the reason that I think QAnon is not, um, is an organized conspiracy to create chaos in the United States, is it's, it fits perfectly with a lot of the ingrained beliefs and fear that exists in a lot of rural America right now. And Q has become a, a, you know, sort of like a crutch, right? They're, folks are angry. Folks are, you know, they don't, um, um, they're scared, right? They don't know what's good. You know, they're worried about a more diverse, multicultural global society and being left behind. And they have this sort of quaint notion that if we return to the 1950s, everything is going to be fine. But when, and, you return, when you say if we return to the 1950s, that's a time when they feel as if white Anglo-Saxon Americans were in the majority as far as numbers and were lording over people still in the 50s. There was lynchings and hate mm-hmm. crimes and rapes and destruction of property and alienation of people who seemed to be anything that was other than white. Why would people believe that this was such a great time in the world? I think it's not so much about, it's irrational, right? Like, it's about feeling in control of society, not necessarily by numbers wise, right? Feeling like society is orderly and predictable around you, right? And I think that a lot of these folks, and I don't think it's all consciously racist. I really don't, right? I think a lot of these folks live in all white communities and they know no better and they're extremely susceptible to messaging like this because Q isn't overtly racist, right? You have to look into some of the stuff that's been said and you realize that it, it mirrors the blood libel myth, right? Like it, it almost, but it, you but know. It, you say it's not overtly racist. It is as overtly racist as the messaging that's coming out today. I mean, you know, though all you have to do is look under the surface and you can translate words from, you know, you know uh, uh, those animals to understand that the Trump is talking about black people. You know, when he uses terms like animals and disgusting and, you know, all these things that he says, you know exactly what he's saying. So, you know, to say this is not that racist, I I would. And and there is a very, very large anti-Semitic trope 
thing going on among this. So that's racism also, my friend. Very much. I mean, it's bigotry. I mean, it's a, it's almost, I actually prefer to call it blood libel because it's that dangerous, right? Blood libel is probably the most dangerous conspiracy theory that has ever come across, right? I mean, blood libel myths were used, um, you know, in the, in, in the run-up to the Holocaust, right? They were, they were featured prominently in, you know, um, Explain Jews of the... Explain blood libel so everybody understands what you're talking so, about. So, you know, there were a lot of myths, you know, in that, in 1930s and 40s German society, things weren't going real well. And the idea was to blame the Jews for everything. It was convenient. It was lazy. They had a population that wasn't particularly educated during the war. And people fell for it, right? Because nobody wants to blame themselves for their problems, right? So what they've done is taken, what QAnon is, is taking the blood libel myth and, um, applying it to Democrats and smarty pants elitists, right? So, you know, the thing about blood libel, right? It was every Jew is out to control money, right? There's this Jewish conspiracy to control the media. That's a bit, you know, and when you're saying that, you know, George Soros and a list of Jewish people are trying to conspire to control the media, you're dealing in blood libel and you're dealing in dangerous anti-Semitism. And that's, that, that is, you know, a huge piece of, of uh, Q, but I don't think his fault. I don't think the followers are smart enough to understand it. But the followers are smart enough in their own right to follow this mess. I don't know that I'd call it smart, right? I mean, we literally had people from across the country calling 911 dispatchers in Oregon, right? Because it's because of a QAnon post, right? Like, so I think it's sort of a, um, it does like a lot of things in this country, right? Like, you know, it correlates to one one's educational le level conveys resistance to theories like this, right? Um, this is a safe space that folks that are scared are running to, right? Just like bigotry is, just like homophobia, right? It's sort of like, why can't we have life the way we choose to remember? It's sort of the, the good old days when things were easier, right? When the factories well, were the easier, yeah. had to close. When, when things were easy, when we could walk down the street and, and murder somebody and get away with it, when we could lynch somebody in the backwoods, get away with it, when we could, you know, uh, uh, subjugate people and get away with it, things were easier. So, I mean, I can't, I, 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 I know you don't feel like this is as racist as I do, but I believe that, you know, we're living in a time, I've been saying something, I've been using a term for years about the last stand of the redneck, which was, was not trying to be racist when I say it, but this is, you know, a time where we live in where people just are pissed off that there are more people who are they that are here now than were here then, and they would like to see if they could get out of here so that their group would be, you know, in charge. And so I, I, I often I ask the question, what is it that these people really want at the end of the day? The QAnon I think the QAnon folks want to escape reality, right? Like the, it is a, um, it's like a guilty pleasure. I, you know, and I read Q's posts, right? But I read them knowing that, you know, the information isn't true and that it's a deliberate attempt to manipulate me. And, you know, I read it, you know, because I'm curious sort of, and I'm worried, right? QAnon makes, QAnon freaks me out in a way that I don't think I've been freaked out in some time, right? Because the followers are mindlessly acting based on a command of an unknown actor, right? 
What if that unknown actor tells these folks to pick up their guns and go into the street? What if it tells them to you drink Kool-Aid all, all of Jonestown? You know this unknown actor is going to do so if, in fact, President Trump does not get reelected. He's going to call for people going into the streets and fighting. And, you know, I mean, they, we, we, we stand. I mean, I, I, I just wonder, what is it that people want? Do we want to live in this dystopian world that's like Mad Max where you have to go and eat out of a garbage can? And somehow somebody thinks that that's a better life than the life that we have now. I don't understand this. So I think that there is a, it, it, this QAnon is one more way to showcase the difference between coastal blue America, where you and you live now, and I spent most of my life, right, until I lived here. Um, and Red coastal America right now. What, say what? So I'm in red coastal America. Right? Oh, I know. I'm well, you're in soft red coastal America, right? Like in Miami. But like, I, I, I think that, you know, there's a lot of folks um, out in these small towns in rural America that feel like they have been talked down to, left behind, right? And at that first instance, right, I don't think they all have a racial motive. I think it's 50-50, right? Some of them are just that stuck, right? The, the plant okay, is closed, the blah, blah, blah. Wait, wait, wait. When you say they've been left behind, what do you mean by that? I don't understand that. They're left behind. They feel like they've been left behind, right? Like, In what way? Uh, so globalization in NAFTA, I mean, has, has objectively ruined some good jobs. And fo you still have towns around here where I live, right, where – you know, there's shuttered plants and um, there's shuttered panic. Because there's shuttered plants because Americans wanted to line their pockets deeper, so they closed the plant and took it overseas so they could make more money on the backs of people that they couldn't make here. That's right. not a foreigner who did that. That's an American who made a choice and did that. That's an American company that made a choice and did that. So how are sure. you behind other than being left behind by Americans? For sure. And I think they're clear on the fact, these folks in, in rural America are clear on the fact that, you know, um, it's that ultimately the company's responsibility, just like you said. But there is, um, I, I think people underestimate, right, the fear that is rampaging through rural America right now, right? I think when the, you know, coronavirus hit, um, you know, conspiracy theories and, and pandemics have run together for as long as, you know, man has walked the earth. And it's unfortunate. It's, it, it's um, dangerous. Uh, but I think it added fuel to the fire, right? And now we're in this, you know, a lot of places like mine, right? You wouldn't know coronavirus was going on, right? And because we're so spaced out, spread is a little bit more difficult, right? So trying to convince these folks, um, you know, showing them New York, they get that coronavirus is bad in New York, right? They don't necessarily see it. I mean, they honestly oftentimes see it as, oh, this was a blue state. At first, it was convenient. It's a blue state problem, right? And then suddenly now it's hit red America. But ultimately, it's fear, right? You hear people, I've never understood this, right? But you hear people in small towns like mine terrified about rioting. And I'm thinking to myself, yes, did we have a demonstration that got way out of control several months ago, about an hour away? Yeah. But when's the last time you've seen a Black Lives Matter rally in, in, in a middle of nowhere, red, all white, Midwestern town with a population of 500? When did you see one that's really gotten out of control? Any kind of social justice demonstration has gotten out of control.
Like they, they, they have no exposure to it, but they're still scared of it. It's like the president says that all of Portland is burning when you know that the, the riots and the discontent takes place in two or three square city blocks, which is not. Well, let's be generous. Let's say maybe it's 20 square blocks, right? You and I have spent a lot of time in Portland, right? So you and I know you had a business there, right? Like we know what Portland is like. We also know that this sort of conflict between old, but you know, the East and the West in Portland, right? Um, is, has produced these kind of violent outbursts in Portland for years, right? And so the thing is, they're, you know, it's shown on TV, right? I've, you have people in rural America that honestly believe their own towns are next. And that's crazy because the situation, first of all, these are all white towns. I mean, it's not likely to, you know, um, have racial unrest in one of these towns, right? Um, but they're not a people. Yeah, you have racial unrest where you don't have any black people or any people of color. Oh, for sure. And I think what you're seeing, unfortunately, in the white community over in these rural areas, right, is you have some, a lot of folks that have had it, right? They see the chaos. They're too smart to fall for this, right? And, you know, people lose friends over criticizing this, right? People, I see people posting QAnon stuff all the time from my area, right? And I don't think they know what they're posting, right? I think they sort of kind of think it's funny. It's a way to troll the Democrats and everything, right? I don't think they see it as dangerous or, you know, or necessarily buy into it, right? It's almost like a comic strip for them. But the problem is, some, like you've always told me, right? Some portion, when you say crazy stuff in public, some portion of people that hear that message are going to act and act crazily. And that's why it's so dangerous. People don't even understand that right now, trolling within QAnon could be foreign bad guys who, from Russians to Chinese to Iranians, who are just doing what they know is the easiest thing to do in, in getting America out of the way, and that is to destroy us from within because we wear all of our hatred on our sleeves so openly that all you have to do is just scratch that scab and bingo, bango, there's discontent and America comes to a screeching halt, right? It's exactly the motive. Now, I have often wondered, because I think QAnon is probably one of the best constructed chaos agents, right, in terms of a conspiracy theory that we've seen in this country in some time. So I've often wonder if whoever started this or whoever is now perpetuating it was a foreign actor trying to foment chaos, right? Obviously, we've heard from the intelligence community that, that, that Russian operations are boosting QAnon messages, right? So um, whoever is doing this, if they are an American, right, they are being, they are in conspiracy with the Russian government, probably the Iranians, maybe the Chinese, right, to spread these messages that do damage here at home. And I hope that they're found and they're charged because, you know, um, we don't, we can't do that, right? Like we have laws against, against working with foreign actors to create chaos in America. Well, those laws don't matter anymore, clearly, because we allow the president of the United States to work with foreign actors all he wants, and even to then promote QAnon, because he says that, well, they like me a lot, so I hear they're really good people. So John, hold on a second. What I got to do, I got to pay a couple bills. Um, and folks, you've been listening to Free Thinking with Montel, and our guest today is Mr. Jonathan Franks, who is the president and CEO of Lucid Strategies. And he is really trying his best to give us an all an understanding over this phenomenon that has taken over America, which is QAnon, even taken over our president of the United States. And 
I want to talk a little bit more about what you said right before the break, John, and that is, you know, we need to start holding these people responsible, but we need to hold responsible starting at the top. So I'll take a break. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Free Thinking with Montel. And today our guest is Mr. Jonathan Franks, who is a senior advisor to Montel Media, but he's also the president of Lucid Strategies. John has been is, is well steeped in, in politics, well steeped in the things that are going on in this country um, today. And we've been talking about, you know, this phenomenon that seems to be spreading across America at an alarming rate, holding millions of people across America hostage in a way, and it's called QAnon. So, John, thanks so much for being a part of the conversation today, sir. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, you know, you know I, I don't know. And I really am asking you this because I don't know. I, I you know me. We, we get to discuss and, and, you know, take, you know, each other, take each corner. And if it's a ring, we, I'm in one corner, you're in another corner. Sometimes we switch corners and go to the other corner, the other corner, just to be able to talk about stuff and get stuff out. I... I got to tell you, man, I have never felt so disheartened by America as I feel right now. And especially in the last couple of days, oh my God, you know, when you have the president of the United States yesterday literally take a stand that, you know, they want to start holding people who are just honest protesters, holding them accountable and charging them with sedition, right? It doesn't make a lot of sense to me, right? Now, if, if somebody, quite frankly, <laughs> you know, um, we have laws against rioting in this country, right? The Sedition Acts are not necessarily the best and cleanest way to prosecute so-called protesters, right, behaving badly. And I want to distinguish the people behaving badly from the legitimate peaceful protesters who are out trying to raise their voices on either side, you know, making about making for a better America. I don't have to agree with a protest, its message or the protestors to acknowledge that it's peaceful, right? And I'm, I, I want to draw a line on the left too, between you know folks that are legitimately protesting and people that are lighting things on fire. The same way we note from people who are you know civilized Trump supporters as opposed to QAnon people that are calling and interfering with emergency services, right? You so, saw, saw a video, I'm sorry to cut you off, but you saw a video yesterday that I think was something that I, I don't understand why people don't look at the video itself. See the film. You saw a guy in Portland walking by several windows of a store and smashing those windows. And then we realized that this guy is a QAnon activist. So even during the protest, it is the right wing people who are destroying things to make it look like it's the left destroying things so that people can be, you know, one against another. Yes, and I think you have both extremes fanning the flames, right? So, you know, Portland is where this is burning the worst, right? Like Seattle kind of had enough of this several years ago and just kind of put it down. And I don't mean to mean that in a violent way, right? There was a lot of community work. It was done the right way. You don't see this every day in, in, in Seattle. I think in Portland, right, you have some, you have the folks that live in the Portland metros, the Bens, sort of what I would call wealthy Oregonians, right? And then you have the whole eastern part of the of the state, right? Where, you know, um, there's a huge conflict, especially on social issues between that part of the state and sort of the Portlanders. And it's not unlike upstate and downstate New York, right? So um, let's go find the guy, right? 
that's breaking windows. I don't care if he's white, black, polka dot. I don't care what his political ideology is. If he's breaking somebody else's stuff, let's put him in handcuffs and send him to jail. Right? Like to me, that's a real easy solution. Right? But I think some of these folks, like that person you mentioned, who is deliberately breaking it to make it look bad, right? There are people on both sides that are un that are stoking the fire and they don't know how dangerous what they're doing is. Well, I want to go back to that question I asked you before the break, and that is, I seriously would love to have one of these people on so that I could ask the hard question, what is it that you want? I don't, I don't really truly get it. I mean, I think are these people, they want to have unrest and they want one side pitted against another so that we can, what, go, go target practice and shoot people from your window in your apartment? if you feel like it and just kill them indiscriminately. And so then at the end of the day, you have dead bodies laying in the streets, rotting and causing disease. And we live like Mad Max, you know, where we go steal gasoline out of other people's cars and eat out of trash cans. Is that what we want to be doing? I think that there is a small group on both sides, right? That just wants to be angry for the sake of anger. Right. And I think a lot of us sit in the middle and, People like me, right, see some of this stuff and get horrified and get angry about it, right? Because I find these folks embarrassing, right? I find them embarrassing. And I think there's a lot of white people, right, that fall in that category, right? And, I, you know, they don't know what they want, right? They're mad. They're, they're, you know, and honestly, a lot of them, I think, just don't know that they're, you know, at, this, at the root of this for them is they're mad, you know, this is upset and disturbance caused by having had the first black president, right? It brought all of this stuff back up to these people. And it's like, oh, this uppity black man, Obama, is going to tell us what to do, right? That's where all the conspiratorial nonsense started, right? That's what broke the Republican Party, right? A combination of thinking that people like George Bush were too, like, soft and decent, right? And having had, a, you know, our first black president, who they hate, but that also just throws me a little bit because I just do not get how and why. I, I get it. Is the color of the skin representing you, representing other people, bother people so much that they would be willing to destroy 300 years, 400 years? I mean, you know, we're not that old of a country. I, 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 I you know, think about it uh, from time to time, thinking back, you know, you look at, you know, we have the audacity to talk smack about China. China's been around for close to 4,500 years. You know, it's a country that's exists. They, they're in this for the long game. They're not in this for the short game. They have been in this all, all along for the long game. Americans don't understand what a long game is. They don't understand the reason why, you know, the Taliban have been fighting for 60 years. It's generation after generation that picks up a gun because they're pissed off at the fact that Almost 60 years ago, the United States allowed Russia to think that they could subjugate an entire country. So their offspring who were promised, if you fight against the Russians, we'll come and help you. We didn't go in and help them. They got pissed off and said, this is what you get for not helping us like you claimed you were. Now we're doing the same thing, and the Russians are telling them the same thing. If you just get those Americans out of there, we'll help you, and the Russians are going to turn their backs on them, and there'll be another 20 years of unrest. It'll take 20 years for people to grow up because... You know, we killed off a lot of the youth in that country. So it'll take 20 years for another generation to step up and bear guns and, and bear arms. But they're going to bear arms again in 20 years. And they can't wait for 20 years from now to fight. We want to fight tomorrow. We're not, 
one thing about Trump and his support, right? These folks aren't playing a long game. They don't know what game they're playing, right? They're angry in the moment. They're afraid in the moment. They're as impulsive as he is, right? Because they're that afraid. So when you're afraid, right, you make impulsive choices and playing the long game becomes difficult because you're afraid. So you're right. He is playing a slight long game because he just wants to be president until he dies. He wants to get a golden coffin in the Capitol with him in it as having still been the president of the United States when he passes away, I believe. And then he thinks he, well, he's going to pass on the country to his kids. Yes. I, I'm going to tell you, I think if he gets reelected this time around, people are stupid if they don't think he's not stepping down after the end of the eighth year. He's going to claim that he has a right to be around for 12, 16, 20. I mean, and I know you, you think, well, you know, we won't change the Constitution. I say BS. I say that you take a look at what's going on in the Republican Party right now, that's a bunch of cronies and assholes who would literally allow this fucker to stay in office for another 16 years. So I understand why it looks that way. And, you know, to, to um, especially with respect to elected Republicans who should know better, right? And they do know better, right? Well, you know, you say they know better, but not one of them has spoken out against QAnon. Oh, I'll take oh well, a couple of them have, right? And leadership. Liz Cheney in particular, Mike Pence said he dismissed it out of hand, right? These Pence folks are not receiving those messages. Pence also said he didn't know who they were. Stop the stupid. Mike Pence is just kissing the same butt that Donald Trump was kissing. You know, I, I, I think um, in about two months, we're going to see Mike Pence go on what I would call the I didn't know tour. Um, He's and, on the I didn't know tour right now. Well, I mean, no, no, like, I didn't know about Trump this, Trump that, Trump the other thing. It's not my fault. Um, yeah, I mean, it, that, that's so typical of him in his whole career. But now, John, I mean, here we've been talking about something that's so outlandish that, you know, you think that people would be able to see through this and understand this. To me, I think this is the one that should break the camel's back. The fact that the president is backing this group of people, but it's not breaking the camel's back. Mm -mm. He's got the exact same percentage of people backing him that were backing him before he stepped up to the plate and said, all you Republicans, I want you to open your arms and take QAnon in as, as brethren because they love me and they're going to get me reelected. And all these Republicans are sitting back going, okay, we're going to take you in. We love you. I mean, seriously. I so, think, well, and I know we're going to talk, we're going to, you know, touch this sort of long form in another episode, but it's not that they're embracing this nonsense, right? It's that I think that they are, they don't know what to do, a lot of them, right? They're scared of their own voters, right? There is a good argument to be made that some of these guys, if they stand up and get themselves voted out in a primary, right, that we're going to have QAnon candidates like this young lady in Florida who is likely to represent north of uh, Fort Lauderdale in the Palm Beach era. Um, you know, there's nothing holding this kind of crazy back in the Republican Party if some of these guys that have been there forever up on the Hill, you know, do the right thing, right, and stand up to their own voters. They're going to get voted out real quickly. Do you think that that's what's stopping them, or is it the fact that they have enjoyed the fact that they've been able to make so much money in the last four years? I don't think the members are making money, right? Like, I think that there are people around Trump that are, but I, I, I think that, no, I think it's that they don't want to be, they don't want their, they don't want to lose in a primary. They don't want to run against an angry bird, right? Like, you know, but to, to quote Senator McCain, the late Senator McCain, right? Like, they don't want to run against crazy. 
So because, you, you know, um, in the Republican Party, when you get a primary to the right, you're really getting a, a primary to the crazy, right? Like, you know, and you end up with people like this woman, Marjorie, down in Florida, um, who fittingly is going to represent the district that contains Mar-a-Lago. But, you know, you have organizations that have existed for a long time that seem to still support this crap, like Save the Children. I mean, how the heck could a legitimate 501c3 charity support an idea that there are human beings out here eating children right now? Yet they supporting that. That's an important question because they don't, right? The QAnon people co-opt. This is how so many... In what I say, it's QAnon is spreading through America's, you know, housewives like crazy. And part of it is they're using this tag, save the children, right? And you'll see a bus somewhere, right? Um, you know, postal inspectors busted 100 people for, for child pornography. Thank God they busted them, right? But then you'll see the post. Why isn't this, why are, why is no media covering this? Why isn't this on the news? And I look at these posts and go, come on now. Like, do a Google search. It's all over the news as well. It should be, right? But Save the Children isn't involved, right? They have been, quite frankly, their brand has been hijacked and stolen. they're involved by tacitly not coming out as strongly and saying it's not us. Well, I mean, if you think about it, right, if you're running Save the Children, you don't have people on staff, right, who are political operatives, who are you know, communications operatives designed to sort of, you know, deal with a bunch of right-wing lunatics that are co-opting a hashtag. But if I run Save the Children, I know I can get a hold of a Jonathan Frank's company and Jonathan Frank's can help me. And they've tried, right? They really have fought back. They've made clear that that hashtag is not them. Um, you know, they, they are trying, right? But they're also, um, um, they're, you know, they're overwhelming. They're, they're, if they were trying, they would be on Fox News. They would be on CNN. They would try to have a, have a publicist get them on every day to say, it's not us, it's not us, it's not us. But they don't do that. They I think they should, care. quite frankly. I think they should be stronger and be out there, but they probably don't want to be off message, right? Like, And I think they're hoping most Americans, you know, they're figuring there's not much they can do, right? No matter if they post this every day, it's not going to slow down Q. Right. So yeah, that's where I, I just don't. That's the reason why Q has got the power that it has. Yeah. Like, I mean, gosh, if you if you if I can have the help of a sovereign government to make a conspiracy theory, uh, you, you know, good grief. Like I can I can I can make people believe anything. Right. With all this Russian and foreign support for Q online. I mean, people are. Oof, some people don't have a chance. Well, what do we do, John? I mean, we're, we're, here we are, we're sitting here, we're now less than 50 days away from, you know, the election and know that, you know, uh, this is not going to be, you know, a, a runaway election on either side. And I think still right now, there should be major concern of the fact that nothing seems to move the needle away from Donald Trump. So, you know, these people who think that he's going to very easily be beat, I'm not sure. Like, um, we, we, let's disagree on this, but I'm not sure. You know, I've, I was listening to uh, uh, Bill Maher, and, you know, Bill Maher sends out the hard message that, you know, that's, that's the, the problem with, you know, the Democrats. The problem with the Democrats is that they just think, oh, we, you know, people are smart enough to understand this, and we're going to get, we're going to break through. No, you're not breaking through. 
You're not. I got, I have people, I know people. I have people who are friends of my wife, people who are friends of my father. I have family members who believe in this. I had a family member who believes in this QAnon nonsense. And nothing seems to deter them. It's hard, right? It's, you you got to look at Q, right? And almost you have to look at the hardcore um, Make America Great Again kind of deal, right? As a cult, right? You're deprogramming. It, it, it's like the Branch Davidians, right? Everybody, you know, there was a popular documentary on Netflix during quarantine about David Koresh, right? The, honestly, Q is like, Q has a same sort of magnetic appeal to folks and folks who haven't even read Q's posts, right? They're just sort of are looking in their own echo chambers in Facebook. I think part of the solution is Facebook has got to get a grip, right? They can't be, you know, um, it would be helpful if they would get out of Silicon Valley sometime and see the danger that their product is causing in rural America. That might be because that might be because Mark Zuckerberg might be Q himself. I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I think Mark's a good guy. It's aloof, right? But Facebook needs to get off the coast and come to rural America and see the danger that's being created by these damn QAnon groups, right? They are showing this stuff to millions of people a day. And it's not that they don't care, right? I don't think they know what to do either. Remove the content. Remove it. I would I disagree with you. I don't think they care because he's getting banked. They're making money. I mean, Zuckerberg is so pissed off that, you know, he's not the richest man in the world and wants to do anything he can to make sure he keeps revenue flowing. So nobody I keep- think there is a concern, right, that if they regulate too much, like revenue will go down and Republicans will depart Facebook. Again, like it's the same thing that I would have said to Nike, right, when they decided to come out with the Colin Kaepernick endorsement, right? And white people, you know, white Republicans with bananas. My response to them has always been, you know, you people are not a market force, right? Nike doesn't care. Your kids are going to still buy stuff, right? You're never going to be able to boycott Nike. They're going to do the right thing anyway. Facebook needs to go and say, enough of this crap. Like, we are not going to let you use our platform to brainwash and manipulate people, right? This has gone on now to TikTok, right? We now have kids, American kids, sharing Pizzagate stuff on TikTok all the time, right? Why? TikTok's a Chinese technology. Nobody should have it on its phone. It's this foreign intelligence operation, right? And they're pushing this crap, right? Because they've got a captive audience. And a lot of American parents aren't watching what their kids are up to or being exposed to on, on things like TikTok and new and emerging platforms, right? This TikTok Pizzagate stuff is crazy. Weren't they getting business restrictions on TikTok now as of yesterday? Well, Trump says he's going to stop U.S. downloads, right? Um, that'll take it out of the Apple App Store and the, the various Android stores, right? Um, but I'm a little confused about the tactic only because they've just announced that they're going to be bought by an American company, Oracle, which should, be, which should resolve all the security concerns. So part of me wonders if he's not using this sort of tactic because he's upset still that Kids on TikTok ruined his, you know, comeback rally in Oklahoma or Tulsa or wherever it was in Oklahoma that he had that horrible rally that killed Herman Cain. Got it. So, I mean, so this is just an infectious thing. A lot of people, you know, I think rural America mistrusts and disdains the coasts. I think the coast looks at rural America and basically sees, for, for lack of a more friendly term, a bunch of crackers that don't know what they're doing, right? Like, and that's 
that's literally, it's that much dripping disdain that often comes, right? And you got to remember, you know, elitism from the coast is set the table for this kind of conspiratorial bullshit that has been floating around and killing middle America, right? If you really wanted to kill middle America, right? All this nonsense Trump does about farming and the, you know, the rest of it, even though he's, he's sandbagged farmers, um, is, you know, let them believe in crap like this, right? Get them, get the whole middle of the country, these rural communities to believe in destructive nonsense like this and they'll be dead. Right, they're already suffering from brain drain where the best and the brightest can't take the ignorance anymore and leave. Right, so until we fix this in rural America, right, rural America's dying every day. Right, this whole MAGA nonsense, right, QAnon, all of this BS, right, is killing communities like mine, and they're not going to be around much longer if we don't get this under control. Now, coastal America needs to get its ego under control. Right, there's a lot of uncool people in coastal America, right? Being born, being living within 50 miles of the ocean doesn't make one special, right? And I think there's just as much intellectual rigidity and intolerance in coastal America as there is ignorance and stupidity in rural America. Yeah, coastal America may not be here another five years as we look at global climate change. The fact that the sea level rise is, is happening and you just saw last week that there's a major portion of Antarctica is about to break off and start melting that could be responsible for about two inches of sea change of sea level change which is going to drastically impact coastal America where we know that over 50 percent of the nation lives so yes I'm I know and I mean I want to leave a thought here right if we want to sort of put an end to Q put an end to this sort of weird white grievance divisive nonsense right that, that, that is trump right we have we have to understand what's going on here right when people get scared they play make-believe right it's part of human nature we're facing a maturity crisis in this country an ignorance crisis in this country right and when things get hard a lot of people put their head in the sand because it's easier denial is easier than facing reality and q is the ultimate mechanism for validating beliefs they want to be true right and for sort of allowing them an escape so they don't have to deal with the, the, the huge challenges that we face. They're in denial about coronavirus. They're in denial about climate change. They're in denial about science generally, right? Like, um, you know, and just like, you know, what I see in terms of MAGA, right, is the same thing that you have done a lot of work intervening on in the inner city where folks feel helpless, hopeless, and join a gang, right? The only difference is it ain't the Crips, it's, it's MAGA, right? And I think a lot of these people now feel like they've got some power behind their beliefs, and now it's time to sort of just stick it to the smarty pants that, the smarty pants rhinos and liberals that, you know, never understood America, never understood why America's great, and now want to hand it off to a bunch of Mexicans. I honestly, that is a lot of their, you know, uh, it, it's a, coarse way to say it but it's factually accurate unfortunately well let's pray that you know we have a wake-up call on november 2nd which i'm not sure we're going to have but let's pray we have one and uh maybe there will be something left of you know this great experiment that's now lasted for almost and i do hope right because I, I mean i think there is some evidence in polling that he is losing a little bit not much 
but a little bit, right? And I think if Democrats win, right, you can go back to something John Kasich said back in the thing, it, will, it is not a time for Democrats to gloat, right? It is a time to say, you know, our goal is to create an America where nobody has to hide, you know, feel like they're, that they're scared enough to believe in QAnon. Well, reunite America again should be the new slogan. That should be the ball cap. Reunite America again. A lot of times, John, I got to thank you and say thanks so much. Thanks to all of you for tuning in to Free Thinking with Montel Williams. Our guest today is Mr. Jonathan Franks, who is the president and CEO of Lucid Strategies and also a major advisor to one of the senior advisors to uh, Montel Media Group. And I can't thank you all enough for being a part of the show. John's going to be back with us on another edition of Free Thinking with Montel. Thank you.